Who are the top five New York Giants defensive players that the team just can't do without in 2023? I'm going to give you my list coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Lachlan Giants podcast, part of the Lachlan podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena. It is hump day, Wednesday. We are midway through the week and uh, another full week for us at the Locked on Giants podcast, as well as over at the Giants who are currently in the midst of their OTAs. So on today's show, we are going to take a look at the top five defensive players on the New York Giants that this team just really can't do without in 2023. So uh, I put together a list. I ordered it. This was a little tougher than the list I put together for the offense because I wasn't quite sure which how to order it, but I came up with a list and uh, we'll see what you guys and gals think about it. And then of course, you know, later this week, tomorrow, specifically the Giants OTAs open to the media. So I'll be there. I'll have a report for you, a firsthand report, and then we'll just cruise right into the Memorial Day weekend. So lots to get through the rest of this week. Thank you, as always, for making us your first listen of the day or if watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day, it is appreciated. So let us get into it. All right. So this is a list of the top five defensive players on the Giants that they really cannot afford to be without. These are guys that I think are just going to mean so much to the defense. Now, before I give you um, the players on this list, The reason why this was so difficult was because in a lot of instances, there was a question to me as to whether I should go with pairs or individuals. And I had to kind of weigh the two um, scenarios, if you will. So ultimately, I decided to go with individuals, even though in some cases, like spoiler alert, cornerback, it's like, okay, is it, should I go with both or should I go with one guy in particular? So ultimately, I decided to go with one over the other. And I'll explain why I did that as we go along. So I just wanted to put that out there for you before getting into the list. All right. So that said, here's the list. Let's get to it. Um, Number five on my list of top five Giants defenders that this team cannot do without this season. Linebacker Bobby Okereke. Now, Bobby Okereke, of course, is a newcomer to the team. And you're probably saying, well, we don't know exactly what he's going to do in this defense. You know, we know what he did with the Colts. You know, is he going to be as good? You know, because look, there's been instances where the Giants have signed guys from other teams and they've come over and they just haven't worked out for the for the Giants. You know, most recently, Kenny Galladay, good example. If you want to go on defense a few years ago, Connor Barwin was another guy that they signed and uh, there was a lot of hope and optimism about him and he didn't work out for them. So. Why do I think Bobby Okereke needs to be on this list? Well, good question. And I'm going to tell you, Bobby Okereke uh, is going to be an every down linebacker for this team. 
he will probably get the green dot. And I will see if I can find out for sure. I know a lot of you have already asked me, uh, those of you who are on the uh, the new Locked On Giants uh, text subscription service that we're offering, details of which are in the show notes, by the way. Um, a lot of you have already asked me if Okereke is going to get the green dot or is it going to be McKinney or somebody else this year? So I will see what I could find out. I, I don't know if they've set that up or de- made that determination just yet, but I'll see what I could find out. I know at some point we're going to get the coordinators, I think during the um, the mini camp next month in June, uh, but I'll see what I can find out for you. Anyway, so I believe Bobby Okereke is going to be an every down linebacker for them. I do think, you know, if I had to take a guess, I think he'll get the green dot. I think it makes more sense to give the linebacker the green dot as opposed to McKinney, who had it last year until the hand injury. Why do I feel Okereke is also so important? Because what's behind him right now? A lot of unproven guys, right? So behind Bobby Okereke, you have Darian Beavers, who should be back, who was looking good, by the way, until he tours ACL. But we didn't really see, you know, I think a complete picture from him because his season was cut short. Gerard Davis is back there. And Davis, a guy that the Giants wanted badly last year, um, he was on the Detroit Lions practice squad. The Giants wanted him. Um, and it took some, you know, a few weeks of coaxing before they finally brought him over. Gerard Davis struggled a little bit, you know, mainly because he was thrown into the mix early and really didn't have a time, have a chance to totally absorb the defensive playbook. So I kind of chalk that up to his struggles. We'll see if he's going to be any bit any better this year. Um, now that he's having a whole off season to really learn the playbook. Micah McFadden is, is in the mix, Carter Coughlin, Cam Brown. These are all guys that, you know, really didn't make any kind of dent last year, despite the fact that the inside linebackers were struggling. So in my opinion, Bobby Okereke is probably the most accomplished of this group based on what we know right now. And the one guy that if he goes down, what are they going to do with the position? So Bobby Okereke, linebacker, number five on my list of the top five Giants defenders. This team cannot be without in 2023. Number four. Number four is, drumroll please, safety, Xavier McKinney. Now, this is interesting because the one drawback with McKinney, and it's really, I don't know that you could say that it's his fault because injuries happen. And yes, I know about the injury last year and how that happened during the bye week, but McKinney hasn't played um, in, in full seasons every year he's been in the league. The first year, his rookie season, he had the broken foot that he suffered late in training camp, came back later in the year, showed flashes of being a good, you know, a solid player. Then he was, um, he really showed flashes in his second year. And then last year he was on his way to showing more flashes. And then he had that broken hand that he suffered in the ATV accident during the bye week. So what is it about McKinney that makes him so valuable that he makes this list? Well, he can play just about all over the field. All right. Whether you line him up at free safety, 
down in the box, which really isn't his best position. You can play him in the slot if you need to. Again, really not his best position, but he can play down there. Um, he could be a pseudo linebacker. You could put him all over the place. You could blitz him. So much you could do with Xavier McKinney. And when you have a guy that can do so many things for you on defense, you don't want to be without that guy. That guy is, is gold, so to speak. So, you know, the, again, the thing with McKinney, besides staying healthy, is I'd like to see him make a few more impact plays moving forward. So I pulled some numbers um, from his, his first three seasons in, in the, uh, the league. From uh, 2022, he had five pass breakups, no interceptions. 2021, he had 10 pass breakups, five interceptions. And remember, that was a, you know, a full season for him. Whereas 2022 and 2020 were injury shortened. And in 2020, one pass breakup, one interception. So, you know, you'd like to see him stay healthy and you'd like to see him make more impact plays. Now, the other number that I pulled that I was curious about was what was the the opponent's passing, average passing yardage with McKinney in the lineup and without him in the lineup. So... Having pulled that um, with McKinney in the lineup, the average passing yardage against the Giants was 208.3. Without him, that rose to 220.8. It's not that big of a jump, but it's significant nonetheless. And, you know, before um, I move on to the next point there, I realized that in some cases, opponents, you know, maybe pass more, or maybe the, the passing game was going in was was the um the key or the the central part of the game plan and that you know sometimes these numbers you know might be misconstrued or whatnot but the way I see it regardless if, if the passing game was the central focus of the opponent's um, offense or if they had to the fact of the matter is with McKinney in the lineup they didn't have as much luck yardage wise as they did without him in the lineup. So I think McKinney, who is entering the final year of his rookie deal, got to have a big year this year, got to stay healthy. It would be nice if he made some, some impact plays, but look, as I said before, already this guy, you can line him up just about anywhere on defense and he's going to give you his all. And that right there makes him invaluable to defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale. All right. Who do I have for number three and number two? Stick around. I'll tell you after this. Hey, Giant fans, with the NBA playoffs currently ongoing, there's no better time than right now to make a fast break to FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if their first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash on and sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet. Get in on all the action of the sports world with great promotions, a safe and secure app to set your bets and instant payments. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Lockdown Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Trena. It is hump day. We are counting down my list of the top five Giants defensive players that this team absolutely cannot be without. And in case you missed it, on Monday, I had my list of the top five offensive players that this team cannot be without in 2023. 
kind of a surprise, I think, more so in the, the order of the list as opposed to the guys that were on that list. But if you'd missed that episode, check it out. And speaking of episodes, the Giants have OTA number three tomorrow. So my plan is to um, get a, a podcast taped as soon as I can. You know, we should be finished pretty early. I think by early afternoon, I think we'll be done. So as soon as I take care of my writing, um, I'll tape a podcast with some observations, some thoughts, takeaways, and all that good stuff for you. Um, I will also be um, tweeting, texting, um, posting on Instagram, video clips and whatnot. And for the subscribers to the Locked on Giants text campaign, which we are currently running, a free 14-day trial, if you want to check it out, the details of which are in the show notes, I'll have some exclusives just for you. And remember, you can always text me back on that service. This way I will see the texts and I will, I'll be able to answer them. They won't get lost in my mentions, which happens, unfortunately, all too often, especially when, you know, the Giants are, they've got a practice or something. I get bombarded with a lot of, you know, mentions and, and as try as I might to keep up with them all. Sometimes I just can't. So it's just something to keep in mind. And again, details of that program are in the show notes. We're running a special uh, 14-day trial, free, cancel if you don't like it. And if you like it and you use the promo code that is in the show notes, which is P-Train, you get two your first two months for the price of one, which is $4.99 per month. So you get so it comes out to $2.50 per month after your 14-day trial ends. So do check that out and let me know what you think. So, all right, let's get back to the list, the list of top five giant defensive players that this team cannot be without in 2023. Now, I got to be honest with you, number three and number two, I debated what order to put them in. And on my notebook here, I actually have them in a specific order. And now that I look at it, I think I'm going to flip it. I'm going to call an audible and I'm going to flip it. So that being said, player number three, the third most important giant that this team needs is, drumroll please, cornerback Adoree Jackson. All right. Now, (laughs) you guys have probably heard me say on past shows that Adoree Jackson, I don't think he's going to get his contract renewed or extended, I should say. Um, since he's in the final year of his contract, I've, I've spoken about how, you know, there, there haven't been enough big plays made from him. But that being said, he is right now the best cover corner that they have on the team. You know, Dante Banks, he's going to he's going to be a good one for them. But let's see what what he brings to the table and how, you know, what kind of assignments he brings. But anyway, let's talk about Jackson. And I don't need to tell you how last year when. Adoree Jackson was out of the lineup for the Giants because he was dealing with that sprained MCL that he suffered on a punt return of all things. The Giants struggled at cornerback. And I've said many times, as I'm sure you guys know, that in order, A, for the pass rush to be effective, you need guys on the back end that can hold their coverage. And when Adoree went out of the lineup, didn't happen really didn't happen. So that said, looking at some stats here, um, when Adoree was in the lineup, opponents averaged 203 yards in the passing game. 
when he was out of the lineup, it was 238.7. Now, again, Jackson didn't have any interceptions. He only had seven pass breakups. You can chalk that up to maybe the fact that he missed time, which, you know, you never, you don't know what he would have done had he played a full season. But you could also say, all right, well, he's only had two interceptions since joining the Giants and not a whole lot of big impact plays, but sometimes those big impact plays, you know, while nice to have, how did he do against shutting down the opponent's number one receiver? That's where you have the value of, a, of an Adoree Jackson. And I'm going to give you, um, again, some additional stats here. In the games that Adoree played in last year, he allowed a 57.8% completion against. That was less than his career 60.1, which means that, you know, opponents passing, throwing at him, he only allowed 57.8 of those passes to be completed. Not bad. And he finished with an 85.9 NFL rating. Also not bad. So I think we can all agree that Adoree Jackson was the Giants' best cornerback last year. Um, This year, pairing him up with Deontay Banks, I think is going to hopefully help him take his game to the next level. I mean, I would like to see Adoree Jackson have a fantastic year, statistically speaking. Um, People always say to me, you know, hey, you know, why won't the, you know, will the Giants do something with his contract? I don't think they will, but I think Adoree can change the narrative on that. I think with a strong season, a strong statistical performance, and, you know, just continuing to, to play well against opponents, I think he can change, uh, maybe change um, the team's perspective on what they do with him moving forward. So, um, that is, unless, of course, the team feels that Cordell Flott or, or uh, Nick McLeod or um, Aaron Robinson can ultimately replace him, which would not surprise me, by the way. I, I think that's probably what the, the uh, future holds for the Giants, but I'm getting a little ahead of myself. So we'll stick with the present time. All right. Number two on my list. And I originally had him again as number three, but I moved him up and I'll tell you why. Edge rusher Kayvon Thibodeau is number two on my list. Now, why? Well, people go back and they look at his rookie campaign and they say he did not have, you know, all things considered being, a, you know, the fifth overall pick in the, in the draft. He did not have the production that matched his draft pedigree. To that, ladies and gentlemen, I say the guy also had an injury that affected him, not just, you know, at the start of the season, but well into the season. And once he ultimately got better physically, that's when you started to see the impact that Kayvon Thibodeau can have on a game. And, you know, it's interesting. People tend to look at uh, at sacks um, on defense. And yes, sacks are great to have. Ultimately, that's what you want. But Wink Martindale, when he assesses his um, his pass rush, he's looking at more than sacks. He's looking at quarterback pressures, you know, hits, hurries, um, scrambles that weren't planned, um, interceptions, you know, fumble, strip sacks, whatever. He's taking all that into consideration. 
because, you know, false starts is another thing, you know, uh, holding penalties, all that gets factored in because the idea is to make life uncomfortable for the opposing quarterback. And if you're doing that on a consistent basis, again, yes, it would be great to have sacks all the time, but sacks are not the be all end all. So what's interesting is, you know, I mentioned interceptions. Well, that's up to the guys on the back end to, 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 to deliver in that regard. And they didn't really do that as much as they could have, but that's why I always say the back end of the defense and the front end have to work together. And last year you can say that that wasn't always the case, but let me get back to Thibodeau here and give you some stats. Um, I mentioned once his, he overcame his injuries, his production really started to pick up. So um, 28 of his 49 total tackles came in the like last six weeks of the season when he was healthy, three of his four sacks, six, all six of his uh, tackles for losses. Again, all that coming in the last quarter of the season. Um, two pass breakups out of five came in the last quarter. Um, and here's the best thing about Thibodeau. You look at the sacks he had, and I don't think you can classify them as cleanups. They were legitimate sacks, you know, whereas, you know, sometimes a guy will benefit from, you know, a a teammate forcing um, the quarterback into his arms. We've seen many of those. We call those cleanup sacks. I don't think you could say that Thibodeau had a lot of cleanup sacks last year. So there were hints, there were signs that this guy was going to be something special. And I'll give you another stat from Pro Football Focus. He didn't have any missed tackles from week 14 on. He had 17 of his 29 run stops in that last quarter. And 13 of his 45 pressures were generated in that last, in those last few games. So the, the point being is, is once he got healthy, the game started to slow down. He started to get comfortable and he started to be productive. And you sit here and you say to yourself, can he pick that up? Can he resume where he left off? And if he can, and he can build on that, look out, ladies and gentlemen, because now you're talking potentially a guy who, if he becomes a nuisance to opposing offenses, maybe he draws double teams. And maybe by drawing double teams, that opens things up for other guys on the defense. So that's a possibility. And there are other guys on the defense who can certainly get after the, the quarterback um, and, and make life a living, you know what, for them. So, uh, so Kayvon Thibodeau, number two on my list. Now, who's number one? You probably have guessed by now, but if not, I'll tell you right after this. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Trana, coming to you on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for making us your first listener of the day or watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. And a shout out to all my everydayers, to my new people. If you are new to the podcast, drop me a line and let me know so I can give you a shout out. And of course, to those of you who check out the program regularly, thank you so much for everything. I mean, I'm just absolutely humbled. Every day I sit down to record a new podcast here. I'm absolutely humbled and grateful that you take time out of your day to listen or watch the podcast. So thank you. Thank you. 
Okay, we are talking the five top five giant defensive players, guys that if the team is without for any stretch of time, yikes. So we are up to number one. But before I get to number one, for those of you who maybe skipped ahead to this section because you didn't want to hear who I did from number five to number two, to recap, number five, I had Bobby O'Karake, inside linebacker. Number four was safety Xavier McKinney. Number three, cornerback Adoree Jackson. And number two, Edge Kayvon Thibodeau. All right, who's number one? You probably know the position. You probably know the position. And I'm going to tell you, it's defensive line. Now, who on the defensive line? Yep, it's him. Dexter Lawrence, sexy Dexy. He is the number one guy on my list. All right. So going back to uh, earlier in the program, I mentioned how you, I could have made a case for two guys at a, at a position, you know, that, you know, what, who's, who was to pick, you know, in this case, Dexter Lawrence or um, Leonard Williams. It was a tough call. And then I said to myself, you know what, I'm just going to pick one and make a case for it. I'm not going to sit here and take the easy way out. So I picked Dexter for a couple reasons. And this is not meant to be a slam or a slight against Leonard Williams, who I think is still a very good player. And I think if I were doing a top 10 list, that he would definitely be in the top five. But I look at it this way. Dexter Lawrence is still a player who is on the rise. He's been a durable player for this team. He has been a productive player. I mean, name me, you know, how many guys play Dexter Lawrence's position who are an everyday, every down uh, player. That's what Dexter has worked himself into. He has become an every down player. He can push the pocket, rush the passer, watch him chase after guys. It's like, you know, it's like, wow, what am I watching here? It's that because he's just so mobile. He is on the rise. Now, Leonard, on the other hand, like I said, still a very good player, still a very productive player. My concern with Leonard is he has a lot of worn tread on his tires. The last couple of years, he's dealt with injuries that have affected him. And you can make the case that he hasn't really looked as, you know, effective as he did a few years ago when he had his double digit sack season. And that's, you know, that's to be expected. Sometimes, you know, guys start to break down. Sometimes it's how they're being played. I mean, there's any number of reasons, but you would think that when Dexter was, was, you know, his stock was rising and Leonard was in the, the uh, defense that maybe teams would pay more attention to Dexter, which would free things up for Leonard. And I don't know that we saw enough of that last year. So that's why one of the reasons why I went with Dexter, um, durable, a leader, a young guy, you know, we talk uh, about the salary cap a lot on this program and, you know, before Dexter signed his new contract, a lot of people were like, well, are they going to do something with Leonard's 32 million cap hit? And how are they going to be able to afford Leonard and Dexter? Folks, I, you know, the more I think about this, the more I wonder if perhaps, you know, with Leonard, they're just going to let him play out on the $32 million cap number and just call it a day after that. 
because look, the $32 million cap number is not Leonard's fault. That's a result of multiple restructurings over the years. And it is what it is. And so if you're Joe Shane, do you really want to push more money into the future on a guy who's pushing 30, whose production hasn't quite been, you know, what it was, who has had injury issues the last couple of years? Is that really a good investment of your funds? And I don't know that you can make an argument that it, that it can be. Now, of course, if, you know, Leonard comes in this year and he has a banner year because technically it is a contract year for him. Then you revisit the topic, but based on what we know as of today, kind of hard to, to make that justification. Dexter Warren's more productive, younger, just a, a guy who, like I said, he's on the rise. So to me, I felt he was uh, worthy of being on this list. And the guy who we saw quite often last year when he came off the field, the run defense, which wasn't very good to begin with, um, no fault necessarily of Dexter or anybody, any one guy in particular. Well, all right, we'll say the linebackers because they weren't really doing a good job filling their holes. But when Dexter came off the field, you noticed it. And not because, you know, you didn't see him doing his sexy Dexy dance either. You notice the drop off in the play. So I just feel that he is a key guy, especially in their quest to want to shut down the run. Um, now they did add obviously a Sean Robinson. They added Joaquin Nunez Roches to help with the run. They drafted this kid, Jordan Riley, who I think is raw. I think he's going to be more of a practice squad type of project, but Dexter's the guy, man, you don't have him on the field. Good luck. So Dexter Lawrence takes the top spot on my list of the five giants defensive players that this team really can't be without for any stretch of games or snaps for that matter, in 2023. What did you think of my list? If you're watching on YouTube, drop a comment. If you're listening on our audio platforms, drop me an email. All the contact information's in the show notes. So check it out. That's going to do it for this edition of the Lockdown Giants podcast. Thank you again for tuning in. And don't forget, tomorrow, OTA number three, the media does have access. I will be there. I will uh, look to tape a program and get it out to you maybe a little bit early. I'll try and get it out early um, so that you can listen to it if you want to early or if you want to wait until, you know, the next day you can. It's up to you. Um, So do check that out. And again, thank you for tuning in to the Lock On Giants podcast. Appreciate every one of you. We'll see you tomorrow, Giant fans.